Forget fancy cars, sweet vacations, and the latest designer labels. Today, what really matters to people is your credit score. Do you want a better credit score than your friends? In this episode, we'll show you how you can take your sexy to the next level by improving your credit score. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to adulting.tv. I'm Harlan Landis, and I'm here with Miranda Marquette. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing okay. I'm feeling pretty good about myself and my solid credit score. How are you feeling? Do you feel it's a good status symbol for you? Uh, nobody's asked me for it, so I don't share it. What's your credit score, Miranda? I'm not sharing it, but I I get to feel quietly smug about it. My score is high, so I I have nothing to feel bad about, that's for sure. Perhaps if some dating app asks me for some credit score in some situation where I'm dating, which I am not, then I will share it, I guess. I guess that's what people do now, right? Yeah, apparently, according to an article on Bloomberg from just earlier this year, a recent survey came out, and it turns out that respondents put credit score 18 points ahead of cute. So if if you have a good credit score, it doesn't matter if you're cute or not. That credit score, that good credit score is the thing. And, and I guess a good credit score, that's the new status symbol. Managing your money well, that's the new sexy. And I guess like we all do, I go to Bloomberg for all of my relationship advice. Um, so, so yeah, so credit score is the new sexy. So let's, let's, let's get, break down some of the basics. And I know we've talked about this before on the show, but what is a credit score exactly? And what is it supposed to measure? Because it's a number like an SAT score that is supposed to be linked to something and companies use it as a reference and a way to signify risk. But how do we even come up with what our credit score is? Your credit score is calculated by measuring how well you do in certain areas. So there are main areas and they're kind of broken down into sub areas, but the main areas include your payment history, whether you're making your payments on time, whether you make in full, whether you've had missed payments, whether you've had foreclosures, bankruptcy, those all fall under your payment history. Yeah. So when you say payment history, I mean, payments of what? Payments of rent, payments of well, your your school bills, your tuition, your your loans. What are we talking about? Your payments. Be specific uh, about that. Yeah. So your payments, it, it has to do mostly with your loans. There are some credit bureaus that are starting to look at your rent payment and offering an alternative credit score, like Experian is one of these, that will look at your rent payments. But for the most part, it's going to be your credit payments, your loan payments. So on your credit cards, on your auto loan, on your student loans, on those kinds of things. Uh, because this is, once again, a measure of how well you manage your credit. And a lot of we've moved to the point where we've let this credit score, which is a three digit measurement, stand in for financial management. When there are plenty of people who manage their finances very well, but they don't have any debt. And so they don't have a credit score. So that's kind of one of the downsides to the credit reporting industry and how much emphasis we've put on credit scores. So your payment history mostly relates to 
your debt payments and how much you've paid on your credit and how you manage that. Yeah. So what do people do when they don't have a credit score? And we're saying that a credit score is important. There are alternative credit scoring agencies. It'll cost you some money, but you can actually go to some of these. A place like eCredible is a good example where you can go, you pay some money, usually right somewhere between $20 and $30 per trade line, they call it, which is for them to look at manually, go pull up maybe your utility records or your gym membership and whether you've paid those on time or your rent. And they'll look at that and convert that into a score. Now, the problem with this alternative scoring is that not everybody accepts it, right? So Mm -hmm. you can go to just about any place, like if you wanted to buy a car, you can go to just about any bank. And if you have a traditional type credit score, they will use it. They will use it to make a decision about whether or not you can have the loan and what interest rate you'll pay. Now, with the alternative credit scoring, you're stuck going to places that will accept that alternative credit score, and you will still probably have to pay a premium and interest as well. So that's kind of the downside. And there have been some efforts, Fair Isaac Company, which is we call FICO, which is a lot of us think of when we think of credit scores. They're looking at some alternatives and adding you know, some other things to their scoring model. But for the most part, it's still very much based on how you've managed your credit and what kind of credit situation you have. And it It's really not very fair, especially for people who do manage their money well and don't have any debt. It's really not very fair because uh, there's not a whole lot you can do in a lot of cases. And one of the things people think is that if they order a credit report, which are these credit reports are available from a variety of companies, that you'll also get a credit score and you'll find out what the information is that other people and other companies see when they're looking to extend you a loan and figure out what interest rate to charge you, for example. But a credit report is different than a credit score. A credit report usually doesn't have a credit score unless you order that separately. Credit report just has a list of all of those accounts and and the status of those accounts, as well as some personal identifying information like uh, any uh, recent addresses, your social security number, I think, is on there. And it'll tell you how far behind you are with any of your accounts and any of your recent payment history. You can take a look at your own credit report and figure out what some of the opportunities for improvement are and work on those and make sure all of your accounts are taken care of properly and then use that to help you improve your credit score so that you can get more dates, apparently. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And that's something to remember. Your credit report is like a complete history. If you look at it, you can see how many on-time payments you've made with this credit card. You can see the loan that you had and paid off three years ago. I mean, that stuff is, it's like a complete history and you can go through it. And it's the information on that credit report that's taken. It's given numerical values and put into this huge algorithm that just crunches it down and spits out your credit score. So the information in your credit report is kind of numerically converted into your credit score. And the higher your credit score, the assumption is the better 
able, you'll be able to handle another line of credit. And the lower your credit score is, then whoever's looking at it is more likely to think you're a bigger risk and less likely to pay your bill. Right. It's all about the risk to a company when it comes to extending you credit or a loan. The higher the credit score, the lower the risk the company feels you'll be. And the lower the credit score, the higher the risk. Therefore, you'll probably get only qualify for a higher interest rate if you qualify for the loan or the mortgage or whatever it happens to be, the date at all. Yeah, I I just keep coming back to that because I think it's so interesting that people are looking at each other's credit scores now to see if they're, you know, it makes sense because we we had this recession. I mean, I guess it's almost a decade ago now. Everybody wants a partner who is financially capable. And, you know, as, as we said before, the credit score is kind of just a signifier of financial stability, whether it's true or not. And and therefore, we just want somebody who we know is a low financial risk to be our partner. We don't want to get involved with somebody and find out that they've been lying and they've had all of this debt that they've been unable to control. And now we're married and now it's everybody's problem when it should never have been that way. Um, Of course, if people communicate, then it never would be an issue. But you know, people don't all communicate and people hide things. And hopefully that doesn't happen to you. But you can reduce the risk by dating someone with a high credit score, I guess. That's right. That's right. And at the very least, they were talking about how there was a paper released in 2015. This paper actually looked at credit scores and committed relationships. And they found that if you date someone whose score is similar to yours, when you meet, it increases your odds of a successful relationship. Because not only do your credit scores tend to converge over time, but at least you know you have somewhat similar values, I guess. <laughs> if you have similar credit scores, you must be doing similar things with your money. Yeah, and I think we're adults and we know how to interpret survey results and, and study results and the like. And we know that correlation does not imply causation. So we know that these relationships are succeeding most likely not because of the credit score, but there are other things in people's lives that make them more likely to both have a higher credit score and have more successful relationships, whatever a successful relationship might be, because, you know, obviously that's a matter of opinion. But the point is that the certain qualities that a person might possess will encourage them to be good or at least conform to society's expectations in various areas of their lives, one being financial, the other being romantic. And hey, those just happen to be two different areas that we discuss on adulting all the time. Exactly. So now you kind of know that your credit score is important. You have this idea of the difference between your credit report and credit score. And we talked a little bit about making your on-time payments and your payment history. That's the hugest thing. That that accounts for 35% of your credit score. But there's another item that has a pretty big impact, and it's 30% of your credit score. And that is the amount of debt you have. That is how much debt you are carrying in relation to your available accounts. They sometimes call it your debt utilization. And so that's the second biggest factor. And for the most part, if you can take care of the two big factors, if you can take care of your payment history and you can take care of keeping your debt amounts low, then you're probably in good shape to have a nice, solid credit score. So when they talk about debt utilization, Harlan, what are are they talking about? What does that mean? Debt or credit utilization is... It's the ratio between all of the debt that you have outstanding versus 
all of the credit that's available to you. So if you've got a $10,000 credit card limit and your balance is roughly about, you know, $1,000, that 1,000 versus 10,000 is 10%. So your credit utilization ratio is 10%. And of course, you've got multiple accounts and you've got multiple debts. So you need to figure out exactly what you're looking at. And you probably want to stay under 20%. Uh, that's probably the healthiest ratio. The lower, the better, obviously. But if you want the the most credit for doing this well, you got to keep that definitely under 20%. And uh, that's, that's, that could be hard to do. You know, it's, it's interesting because for those of us who pay our credit cards off every month because we use our credit cards just to pay for what we can afford and perhaps utilize the credit cards for rewards, cashback or travel points or airline miles, whatever it happens to be, your credit usage could be reported at any time during the month. So even though you pay it off every month, you have zero revolving credit on that particular account. It might fluctuate what's reported because it could be reported at some time before you've paid off the bill. So it's it's interesting. You can even fluctuate even your credit utilization ratio, even if you have you know an absolutely perfect history and have never paid late, have always paid in full. So it's it's interesting to realize that 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 can impact you even if you use credit cards perfectly. But a lot of people don't anyway. <laughs> so obviously you got to pay attention to what the amounts are that's being reported to your credit agencies and what shows up on the credit reports and making sure that it's in line with with the truth because sometimes it's not. If you've got an Amex card that's not technically a credit card, for example, there is at least at some point, I don't know if this has been changed, but they used to not report your total available credit. So your credit usage would be reported and it would add and make your ratio higher, but there'd be nothing to offset it in terms of available credit. So that can impact you worse for your credit score if you're not careful about it. Yeah. And it's important, as Harlan points out, to recognize the difference in the types of reporting that they do because they do, they look at it in terms of your revolving credit, which is credit that it's like a credit card, right? Where you have an amount, you can borrow up to that amount, and then you can pay it down. And a charge card, depending on what you have, a charge card, like an American Express charge card, isn't actually a credit card. You're expected to pay that in full each month anyway. And it's not a credit card. And so sometimes it doesn't get reported as such because it's not. But it's still, like you said, shows up as being borrowed because you are essentially borrowing. So uh, it's a good idea to double check what kind of card you have and see how it's reported. And most of the time you can call the creditor and ask them. And a lot of them have specific times where they do report the stuff of the month. And you can actually call and say, hey, when do you usually report this information? And then that can help you change maybe the way you make your payments on your credit card. Yeah. So some of the things that provide an impact to your credit score, but a lighter impact or a smaller impact than the, what we've just discussed, one, one of those things is your credit history and how long you've had credit extended to you. So this is one of the reasons that I know when I was younger, it was it was important to my parents that I had financial accounts set up for myself as soon as possible. Because credit history, the longer history you have, the less of a risk you're seen as. And of course, that makes it difficult for young people to establish credit, to establish a good credit score early, because they don't have that history yet. But it's also why that's a smaller impact variable in terms of calculating 
calculating your score. But one thing you you probably don't want to do is if you have a good credit card, and by good, I mean you've had a good payment history on it, it's not behind, you've had good history with it, and and you've had a long history with it, you probably don't want to close that card. Don't close that card. Keep it open because it keeps your history, your average credit history, long. Yeah. Uh, So that's one thing that you want to definitely keep in mind as you think about what goes into your credit score. Yeah, and I think you make a good point there, Harlan, when you said average, because what they do is they average the length of your accounts. I mean, there are two things, you know, they look at, they kind of, they do kind of look at like, what is the date of your oldest credit account? So how long have you had that overall? But the thing that has more impact is the average age of your accounts. So that older account is going to help bring that average up. And I actually have one card that is not a rewards card. And it is this card that I got in college. And over the years, the, you know, I've paid it, I've done a good job with it. And the the credit line has increased and but it's got a nice low interest rate which is nice but it's but I've had it since I was in college and every now and again somebody's will like well why don't you just you know you don't use it for very much you only use it a couple times a month just to keep it active why don't you just cancel it and replace it with another rewards card and the answer is that credit history link because I've had it for so long right absolutely and uh, another smaller impact item that goes into your credit score is the variety of credit that you have. And by variety, I mean that you could have credit cards, you could have auto loans, you can have student loans, you could have a mortgage. All those different types of credit come into play. So if you only have one type of credit, you might not get as much credit in the score for variety as you would if you had a mix of credit types. Yeah, definitely. They like to see that you can handle installment loans, which are like regular auto loans, and that you can make those payments regularly. But they also want to see that you can manage your credit cards. So looking at different types of loans makes a difference. And finally, inquiries, how many credit inquiries you have. And this this doesn't count you looking at your own credit. You looking at your own credit is not going to impact. Also, your credit score is not going to be impacted by marketing ploys, right? So a a lot of companies will like get a survey of credit scores and see if you qualify for maybe an offer. That sort of marketing thing is not going to impact your credit. However, when you apply for credit, like if you're applying for a credit card or if you're applying for a mortgage or something like that, then that will have a small impact on your score, usually about three to five points. Right. But it can escalate if you, for some reason, have a lot of inquiries in a short period of time. The danger there is that suddenly you're desperate for credit and that makes you a higher risk. So your credit score will will decrease at a faster rate as those inquiries kind of uh, group up together in time. And then you just kind of have to wait for them to drop off for your score to go back to what it was. Yeah. And it is worth noting too, that most of the time, if you are doing something like shopping around for a rate, so if you're shopping around for a car loan or shopping around for a mortgage, most of the time, all of the inquiries that you make within like a 14 day period, for instance, will count as one. So if you're like, okay, I'm shopping around for a mortgage and you check your rates with three or four different companies and you do it all within about 10 days, that only counts as one credit inquiry because the algorithm looks at it and can see that you're looking for mortgages. It's a bunch of mortgage inquiries. They assume you're shopping around. They only count it as one. Mm. And it's the same with auto loans. They can look at the algorithm 
and they could like the algorithm recognizes that these are all similar type loans. It's all for auto and it lumps them all together and as, as if it's one inquiry. So don't worry about rate shopping. If you're rate shopping and you're doing it within a 14 day period, it's going to look like one rather than multiple. Right. Okay. So how do we keep on top of the credit score? How do we make sure that we know exactly where we stand at all times? Do we have to buy a credit score? That's probably, if we want the score that we believe everybody's seeing when they do a credit pull on us, we probably got to go to MyFICO to get that credit score. Yeah, so that's the thing. So there are lots of different credit scores and there are lots of variations of credit scores. So there's and even the even if you go to MyFICO and you pay for your credit score, it's not going to be like what your lender's looking at. It's going to be your like what you know, it's not going to be the same thing. Because the truth is what FICO does is it sells its formula and variations of its formula to banks. And sometimes banks take that and modify it a little bit to meet their own requirements. And so you'll have a slightly different situation. And then if you if you do go to MyFICO, what you'll find is they'll have like a, a thing where they say, okay, you're three bureaus. You have three different credit scores based on your reports from the three different credit bureaus, right? And so the information like on your Experian report might be slightly different than the information on your TransUnion report. And so you might have slightly different scores. Something to think about is that you don't have one score. But if you sign up for a free site, you can kind of get an idea of where you stand. A lot of credit card companies now will include your credit score with your statement. So in in fact, all of the credit cards I have now include the credit score on the statement. And they're all slightly different credit scores, but they're all in the same ballpark area. They're all within like 10 to 15 points of each other. Take a look at that. And it's not going to be the exact thing that a lender is going to use, but it'll at least give you a starting point so you can see where you're at. And then you can use that information. A lot of these consumer credit places, Credit Sesame, Credit Karma, and Quizzle will all like do a breakdown of why your score is the way it is. So you can get information that you need to say, oh, I need to improve my payment history. Oh, I need to pay down some of my debt. Oh, maybe I should stop applying for credit cards for a good six months or so. I mean, so you can look at that and get an idea of what to do next. Sure. And it's also, like we mentioned at the top of the show, checking your credit report, your actual credit report will give you some indications of where you stand and Not a lot of insight, but it'll give you the details, and you want those details. You want to check those details. Make sure there aren't any errors, because if there are errors on your credit report and they are affecting your score, you want to get that taken care of right away. And there's, of course, a process to do that with each of the credit bureaus. But go to annualcreditreport.com. That is the one site that's a hub, government mandated, for each of the three credit agencies to provide a report to you. So you can do that once a year, annualcreditreport.com, one year for each of the companies. So you can, what I like to do is spread them out four months apart, and I'll do Equifax one month, four months later, I'll do Experian, and four months later, I'll do TransUnion. And that way, I've got it on a schedule, I've got it on a calendar, I just go to one site and get it all taken care of. They'll verify my identity and provide the credit report within a couple of minutes. And I can look through it, I can check it against the 
accounts that I know I have and make sure that there isn't anything on there that shouldn't be. And also, if for some reason there's some credit card that I forgot about and didn't make a payment, maybe it'll show up on there and it'll remind me to do it. But I'm pretty sure I've got everything under control so I don't have to worry about it. If anything shows up on there, I know yeah, I should be able to expect everything that's on that report. Yeah. And along with that, something we kind of forget to do, but that can have a huge impact on your credit is to pay attention, monitor your accounts, uh, check your credit card statement, you know, weird purchases, go in and check your bank account to make sure that everything's in line and check that annual credit report to see if there's an account that's been opened in your name that is fraudulent. This is all stuff that you know you want to kind of keep track of because uh, you don't want the stuff to be dragging on your credit score. You don't want somebody opening an account, a loan account in your name, and then not paying, and it brings down your credit score, and you have no idea until you go to apply for credit, and you're wondering why do I have such a crappy score? So make sure you kind of monitor this stuff on a regular basis and watch for these fraudulent issues, and this is very important. Because about the big news at the time we're recording this particular episode is that Equifax had a massive breach where names, addresses, social security numbers, and credit card numbers were obtained by hackers. And it was this massive security breach. And so your information might be out there. In fact, there's a very good chance that it is because half of all U.S. adults are affected by this. And so there's a pretty good chance that your information is out there. So you want to be vigilant. Yeah, and the best thing to do about that is is to monitor your accounts and your credit report to make sure that there are no accounts being opened with your information. And that, that really is the best thing you can do. And you can do that by going to annualcreditreport.com. You don't have to sign up for any thing additional, especially anything from Equifax. For some reason, they want everybody to sign up for more products after they've just shown, uh, they, they've just proved that they, they are not handling consumers' information uh, very well. Of course, a hack can happen to everybody, to any company, but then how they handle it is important. And I don't think that the solution to this problem is for people to sign up for more products on Equifax right now. So that's my opinion, and I would suggest that. But in terms of things we can do now, I would say uh, go to annualcreditreport.com and check for anything that could come up, including errors, including any kind of fallout with your identity due to the Equifax breach. And that's just a great place to go first. And the first thing you should do if you want to, even before you find out what your credit score is, take a look at your reports, at least one, do all three at once if you want to. But, you know, I think there's value in just spreading the three out across the entire year. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's definitely one of the first things that you want to do. The next thing to go ahead and do is go ahead and sign up for a consumer credit site. It gives me a good feel for where I stand. They'll send me alerts if there's been a major change in my my credit score so that I, you know, and, it, and it's free. You don't have to sign up with any credit card information. They will try and upsell you on services, but it's it's free to sign up. You don't have to provide credit card information. And it's a good way to kind of keep tabs on things and right. to identify something that you can work on. So Miranda's calling these consumer credit sites. And, you know, that's kind of a term that people in the industry use, but I just want to make it clear what that is, really. It's, it's a website that provides a service 
And that service that they provide is anything related to your credit score or perhaps a credit report, but mostly a credit score. And like you said, they can provide text alerts or different types of alerts, email alerts, whenever something changes. But the purpose is to get your credit score. And it's not always the same credit score like we talked about, but it, but it is a credit score that will get you in the ballpark. It will let you know where you stand for the most part. And those uh, just some examples, which we've also mentioned already, are Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, and you also mentioned Quizzle, Miranda. Those are good places to start. And again, getting the score, the score that they provide you, is generally free. So, of course, you're signing up and providing your information to these companies so that they can provide you the service, but it's a pretty good deal. Do at least one of them, and then and then you'll have a good picture of what you need to do for your credit score. Yeah, definitely. And then finally, set up a schedule for monitoring your own accounts. I actually set up a, a time on my schedule once a week, and it takes me about half an hour and I, I, you know, I just go through and about once a week I go through, I check all of the recent transactions from between the, the week's time. And I check to make sure there's nothing suspicious or nothing fraudulent. And in the past, I have actually found things like somebody tried to make a $500 purchase in Vermont at a grocery store uh, using one of my credit card numbers. And so, you know, I, I was able to catch that within about four days of it happening because it, you know, just where it was in the cycle of the week. And that was plenty of time for me to call, cancel that transaction so I wasn't liable for it, and then issue me a new credit card number. Uh, the, the really the reality of the situation is is this is not a if it happens, it's a when it happens. You're going to have something happen. It's going to get stolen at some point. That is the sad reality. And so go ahead and set up a schedule. Pick a time this week where you can go through and look at all of your accounts and then do the same thing next week. All right. So we do have a listener question. I missed a couple of payments and now my credit score has plummeted. Should I contact a credit repair company to help me fix it? No, <laughs> that's the short answer. One of the things that you have to be aware of, first of all, is that any credit repair company by law cannot do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. So fixing the situation is something that you can do for yourself. And so there's no reason to pay somebody else. The other reason I say no is you miss those payments and they are going to be there. And the only way for you to start bringing your score up again is to just keep making those on-time payments. If you have some debt, pay down your debt. So that can give you a little bit of a boost and just keep moving forward, making those payments because the company's reporting, if it is accurate, they don't have to take it off of the credit report. If it's an accurately reported situation, and if you were late on those things, you can't just have them removed. And any credit repair company telling you that you can have them removed is lying to you. Now, you can call, and I've actually done this in the past. There was a problem with my auto pay once, and and this, this is a hazard and why you should check your accounts as well. But there was a problem with my auto pay once, and I ended up skipping a couple months worth of payments before I realized what had happened. And so I went back and I called the credit credit card company. I said, Hey, this happened. It was an oversight. It was a problem with the auto pay. We fixed it now. And I've been a long time good customer. Is there any way to remove this? And the company was kind enough to remove one of them, <laughs> not the second one, but they removed <laughs> one of them. And so that is another option. If you generally pay on time, if you're a good customer, they might be willing to overlook it, not report it, take it off. And then that can help as well. 
Yeah, so I, I agree wholeheartedly. Do not deal with any credit repair companies. Uh, take care of this yourself. You can do it. You can improve your credit score, and you you make bad choices, and you kind of have to live with it for a little bit. But like you said, maybe you can negotiate, but you need to do that yourself. So we would love to hear your credit score. So uh, go ahead and post your credit score publicly for everybody to see. No, just kidding. You don't need to do that. But I'm looking for somebody, so maybe you should. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, if your score is high enough for Miranda, and, uh, maybe you can get a date. So, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but but definitely go to our community on Facebook hashtag Adulting, and we'd love to hear any credit stories that you have had to deal with. Did you have any success getting things off of your credit report? Do you have uh, a high credit score and you still can't get a date? Let us know. And if you have any questions about anything credit score related or otherwise, go to adulting.tv slash ask. We'd love to feature your question in a future podcast or have a guest on who will also address your question or will even, you know, possibly choose to write an article to address whatever question you have. So go ahead and find us online in those various places. Subscribe to our podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts at adulting.tv slash iTunes. We're still old school with our URL. And of course, Stitcher and all the Google Play and any other app you have for listening to a podcast, you can just get a link at adulting.tv and visit us there for all of our articles. And until next time, remember to behave like a grown-up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.